I, Vegeta, the prince of all Saiyans, hereby command that you do not listen or subscribe to the Dragon Ball 4 Life podcast. Whatever you do, would you defy royalty? No! Bye! May we have your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Dragon Ball Faux Life, where you come for the content, but you stay for the culture. And it's been a while since we've got to say this. I mean, I know for y'all, the listeners, y'all get these Dragon Call interviews kind of regularly, but typically this is kind of give you a peek behind the green curtain. We usually film or record these things kind of like at later dates and put them out. So we haven't got to do an interview in quite some time. And boy, what a way to return. But before we introduce our very special guests, you know who we are. We are your hosts, the Fusion Dance Downs, aka the Mong Gods, aka the Deadly's Backcourt M Podcast. And I go by the name of Bro G to the Prince of All Sayings, Mr. Matthew Porter, aka Matty Ice, here with my counterpart, the Oob to my Majibu, my Den Day One, going from the lookout to the cookout. I'm Mr. Troto Trav. Talk to the people, Trav. You know, we back, Mr. Porter. And it's the kid troll told Trav And you know I stay chillin' And I love that women like Krillin And we have a very special A very special Very special Very special Dragon Call Because believe it or not Y'all have heard this guest Every every single episode (laughs) And every single reel If Mikey Mikey is our super producer Then this guest is our Z producer So you know I'll let that marinate Let that marinate Cooking. He's an A1, day one. Catch him screaming and singing his heart out and composing an instrumental mm. guitar synths and bass. Mm. And once he's done, he might night cat and turn on a little bit of cowboy bebop. Oh. Today's episode is a long time coming. Long time coming. And it's coming. the first time that I myself have actually had the pleasure of meeting this guest. Please give a nice round of snaps lifers to audio engineer composer and writer mr skylo giordano nearly enough flair to follow up all of that nah bro i mean we 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 can't we have we wouldn't have been able to do what we've been able to do without what you've done for us so for the lifers who for the lifers who don't know uh didn't catch that Skylar actually created both the intro and the outro theme song for Dragon Ball for Life. And mm-hmm. might I just say, sir, when, when Mikey had sent us over those audio files, me, me and Trap Geeks, <laughs> we were like, let's fucking go. And it just it just honestly, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, like it literally set the tone for this show. Like, you know, it like perfectly encapsulated like what we were looking for. It's like nerds where nerd shit meets derp shit, derp shit, dope shit. Derp shit. Yeah, derp shit. Yeah, nerd. nerd shit and dope shit. Derp shit. It's just derp shit. <laughs> oh, we just coined a new phrase look, right there. Bro, look, look. Uh, T's coming soon, bro. Derp shit. <laughs> you know, those songs, I mean, the one, like the intro song, that was probably like, it's not even like my best like sonically sounding one. Humble but... stunt. Humble stunt. Get them, boy. Well, it, it's because it was right I was just getting into like actually producing music because I've always been a musician, but I never really got into like the production side of things till right around that time. And uh, I had to read because I had to actually read 
the sheet music for those songs and figure out how to transpose it into MIDI so I can make those songs. Most times if I want to do a cover of something, I'll just find MIDI somewhere of it and then just make some adjustments to it for it to work. But at that time, I actually had to figure out how each song worked. It was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take you to uh, compose that that beat for us? I think the thing I gave you was short. It was the full version where um, my wife is here. Um, Hi, wife. um, (laughs) Hello. (laughs) uh, Oh, my phone. I um so I um I have a full version somewhere floating around that has like the original Dragon Ball Z. I forget which. It's the one like the Rock the Dragon song. The Dragon. I, Dragon. I tried to like fit that in a bridge section, That's and fire. it did not work. <laughs> like, but it was really fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say that you know the original took maybe like a week to kind of figure out everything and it was like a it was, it was a hard week it wasn't like a, a leisurely stroll putting it together i had to put like hours into figuring it out because <laughs> that there's a lot going into that there's a lot happening in that song the super theme song like mm-hmm. there's like this one like arpeggiated like like chiming that goes up and down really fast so i had to pick out each and every note and figure out where it goes, and it was, it was not easy. <laughs> like, well, the, the the product the product was great and fitting for what we're doing, and uh, yeah, just, well, I, I'm glad you guys have used it for so long. I really, I really, really oh, appreciate it's, it's, it. It's a permanent staple yeah. of the show, right? <laughs> it's, it's literally like our identity because, like, like, oh, like yeah. it literally sets the tone. Like, especially like you know the intro, so upbeat, and then we come in guns blazing, and then bro, that that outro, man, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that like was butter. surprisingly easier to do. I mean. Lo-fi music like that is like it's a lot of it's a lot of like making. Well, in you know, if you're making lo-fi music, what you do mm-hmm. is you take samples. I didn't really have a sample. Well, did I? Sa- I don't know if I sampled it or I like. No, I, I rewrote it using like some really soundscapey effects, and then I slowed it down, and then just used some really filtered drums over top of it. And uh, that one was surprisingly much easier to make than a full-on composition. You know what I mean? <laughs> did you take that one after you uh, finished the intro for us? I I think I did that one second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been like a nice little transition. Oh, well, there, right, there nice. is, a, and there's a subtle, uh, there's a subtle art form to making music like that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's they're both difficult in their own ways. Like one takes a lot of music theory knowledge to make it work, and then the other way. You have to be able to write something that's good but not distracting, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. kind of like the, like I guess a lot of uh, people like when you're at video games, animes, anything. There's tons of background music, and you have to. There, it's it's really hard to make it catchy without dis- being distracting. There is an art form to that, so yeah. Oh, you you got that down to a T, bro. <laughs> it is it is it is perfection, but Skylar, I, I know we we want to circle back because I know we all have a shared love of the Faulkner score for DBZ, and I know we'll probably get stuck in that wormhole. So we'll circle we'll circle <laughs> sure, back yeah. to that. Uh, <clears throat> we always say here on db 4 like the easiest place to start is the beginning. So talk to us about how you got introduced into this, you know, this 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 nerd world order. What was your original fandom that you know opens you up to this wider lens of the NWO. Yeah, you know, you know, t shirts coming soon. You feel me? <laughs> well, like Dragon Ball or just like the. No, just period. Whatever. Um, whatever however, got whatever got you to the dance. 
Well, uh, I think most people are on the same page when we all, for Dragon Ball, that was pretty early in my life. Like it was, you know, it was Pokemon. I think, I think it was, I think it was Pokemon. I know my grandparents got me when I was a kid, a, a atomic purple game boy. And the two games I got were Pokemon yellow and Link's Awakening, the, the, hey. the director's cut version. And uh, those definitely two. I think my, 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 my real first foray into any kind of nerdy stuff was video games because uh, I was playing video games since I was a little kid. And um, from there, but we're talking about like anime and stuff, like it was Pokemon, you know, like that after-school Pokemon, mm-hmm. which just suddenly transitioned into Yu-Gi-Oh! Which, hey. which then became like Dragon Ball Z. But the thing about that is that Dragon Ball Z was treated in such a way that it was just another cartoon on Cartoon Network at 4, 4 or 5 p.m. So if you want to talk about what got me into anime, it was one night when Adult Swim really took off when Fully Cooley came on. Mm. That, Yo, was the one. Yeah. that was the, the ori- one. The original one, not the yeah. remake. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was like three in the morning, and you had that, like, uh, the pillows are playing. and That is definitely, like, the thing that got me into anime was Fully Cooley. And it was because it was so... It was so special, and uh, the music was so well, and the... Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Studio Trigger, right? That did that did. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're correct on that. Didn't didn't fully coolly follow up. Um, it was uh, it was Neon Genesis, and then fully yeah. coolly, and then Gurren Lagann, mm. and um, I think they're all the same company. I'm pretty um, sure you're right about that. And uh, I don't know, fully coolly, it really felt like because I you know coming off the heels of Neon Genesis, which I hope this I hope that's accurate, but um. Neon Genesis was such a crazy and dark anime that you can really tell they just let it all fly for Fully Cooley, and just had like it just really felt like a like it was the first time I felt something that was so artistically done while also being really enjoyable and clearly just a, a you know labor of love, and that's kind of where anime was like animation doesn't have to be consumerism, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what anime like anime is to me is its art forms and. You know, Cowboy Bebop and all the you know the the, the Watanabe animes, all of those are kind of all f- came after being like, well, I really love these stylized animations. And I love that they don't like the twenty six episodes, and they're just clearly well done stories, and they're done through the medium of animation. And man, so, it's, it's short, it's, fully coolie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like whenever we like look back on like early anime that we've watched and then that we've revisited as adults, like we all like one example that Matt and I will always go back to is that I remember you know watching Gundam Wing growing sure. up. And it was just Man. like oh, like you know I, Classic, I, was, I'm, yeah. I must have been five. in middle school, elementary school when that came out. But you know, like I loved it, but like I didn't realize I just loved it mainly because of like I love the Gundams <laughs> and everything. Because when you go back and and watching as an adult, you're just Totally, like, totally different experience. Oh, I definitely <laughs> did not like fully conceptualize like everything that was going on within this show. Like the <laughs> between all like just the the political yeah. climate of that show of like what was going on within it and just all the different subplots and stories. And I feel like as you get older or as you like fully like immerse yourself in anime, you just just realize the the writing and and how well it's done. And it's just like yeah, it's not just 
a cartoon, you know? And, oh, yeah. and that, I mean, that's why a lot of us to this day, I mean, like I'm in my thirties talking about anime, you know, like it, it's, there you it look. goes, it, <laughs> yeah, it goes across it's, all age groups and genres. An- anime is going to pay our bills, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. That's the right? dream. That's the dream. <laughs> but that's a really good point, Trevor, about Gundam Wing. And the crazy thing about that is just like watching it as an adult is a completely different experience, but like it didn't, it didn't go over your head as a kid. Like, like outside of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, retaining like the names and the different factions as an adult, like I didn't feel like, yeah, I don't get this shit. I was like, right, no, I was right. with it. I was like, all right, these guys don't <laughs> like those guys. That's why these guys are here. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. But no, um, fully, clearly, I feel like that show doesn't get his flowers. I, I will say, um, I as a kid like I didn't appreciate like limited run series and I didn't get it and oh, yeah. I remember because like mm-hmm. Adult Swim used to do this thing like until they got new shows they would just run the same ones and just switch the order to make it feel fresh and I remember Fully Cooley was only like six seven episodes so I remember like when it would just like hit the seven and start over I'm like I thought I was tripping I was like what the fuck <laughs> where's the rest of it I was like oh this is the end of the show it's so good man it was like last last one in first one out like it, it came in yeah. to prove a point it didn't take itself too seriously. It was just like, no, nah, we got this amount of episodes to tell this story, and then we're getting the fuck out. <laughs> See? I, well, I just, I, I love how self-aware it is too. I mean, there's that one section that's done in the style of South Park. Mm. Oh shit! Part. Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> unlocked memory. Um, I didn't remember I had. <laughs> I um, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy a lot of what like, uh, you know, that like that era of anime, which was like the late '90s and early '2000s. It just was the best. I mean, it's when we had this like collision of consumer-based animes like Dragon Ball Z, and because I, I love Dragon Ball Z, um, my favorite's Dragon Ball. I still, you know, as an adult, if I had to pick the the, the best, are like are the the quality best that has the most like bang for its buck, it'd be Dragon Ball because it wasn't all a bunch of filler and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dragon Ball Z, there's something special about Dragon Ball Z too. But mm-hmm. it was made to be peddled towards children, and uh, I love it for that. Um, I think it's a really enjoyable show because of just how much it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, but at the same time, it's done with such a quality and aesthetic that's so. I believe Akira Toriyama has, uh, you know, his his art style is one of the most iconic. I mean, look at all the other things he's done because of it. You know, Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. and chrono trigger and uh, all these like other things that he is drawn for and it just it's such a unique art style and even even down to the fits i still think like how like how the characters dress outside of the geese is some <laughs> yeah. of the best Big most facts. like it, it would have looked good in the 50s it would have looked good in the <laughs> 2040s like he just the guy knows fashion <laughs> and um i don't know there's but the 90s were a mixture of that and then a lot of like the more lesser known but artistic visions coming into play. So we're getting we got like this crazy like uh, 2005 was like Afro Samurai and uh, you know what I mean? Like with like uh, with the RZA and, uh, you know, Samuel yeah. and stuff like <laughs> incredible. Um, you know, I, I felt that 2005 was kind of the end of that, like, 97 to 05 tsunami kind of, you know, bringing Long it into run. the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then from there, kind of became 
back to the old days where it was like, here are some really popular shows and stuff like that. But there's something special about those eight years. And that could just be nostalgia talking, but. No, I'm with you. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm I'm actually uh, really curious to get your opinion on something that me and Trav have talked about somewhat ad nauseum. You had mentioned, you know, like with Fully Cooley and like Dragon Ball and stuff being uh, geared toward kids. A big gripe that me and Trav have had, like the transition from Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball Super Mm -hmm. with like their time slot being like a Saturday morning one Mm -hmm. is like the removal of blood and like the violence and everything. Um I want to kind of get your take because I feel like you have a really good headspace in terms of like being able to appreciate the consumer side of it, but you also get like the yeah. politics behind it. Where where do you fall with like Dragon Ball's anime style shift things? Like you, we don't get the eye blood anymore, or the holes punches through stomachs, or <laughs> or if there is a hole, it's literally just like a hole. Like there's just nothing like coming. There's nothing coming out of it. They get like, tagged up, and there's literally. <laughs> You might see dirt marks. On yeah, the little the little hashtag <laughs> on the cheek. <laughs> There's something to be said about like um, censorship in Japan. Mm. You know what I mean? We all mm-hmm. like we're not going to get into the the X rays. Yeah, we don't. Stuff. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> we know it's been like that kind of art form has been censored. Like that, you know, the X rated stuff was has been has always been censored. And I think there is like a collective kind of. Uh, friendliness that people have been so the stories are still dark goku black's a dark story absolutely the stories mm-hmm. are still dark stories are, like i i see it you know kids shows today adventure time um a lot of like young kids uh, shows geared towards children or you know young you know y- y- teenagers like adventure time regular show S- they tread into dark terri- uh territory but they never get viscerally dark like the 90s were and mm-hmm. uh I, I did another I did another podcast way back when about anime from the early 90s and anime in the early 90s was uh, in in uh, about 89 Akira came out we all remember Akira uh, it's Great very movie. it's very disgusting it's dark it's really gritty and violent and it was a major success so that's 89 uh, then we had stuff like Ninja Scroll and uh, Geno Cyber, all these really, really gory and uh, nearly X-rated stories all throughout the early 90s. And then it started kind of coming back down. So I, I don't know if it was like, uh, I don't know if it's like a political thing, more like it's a changing of the t- like the guard and things mm-hmm. like some people don't like that. And there's always seems to be an ebb and flow to these kind of things. So violence being cool in the 90s, which we all know. Uh, the 90s were the most violent of movies, Quentin Tarantino, stuff like that. It was very violent time for cinema and animation and stuff. And Gr- grunge was the word. <laughs> very grungy. grungy. You know I mean? Very like, grungy, um, for yeah. sure. And then, again, in like, around 05, I think there was a pushback when there was a change to who was in charge of like uh, a lot of the... So that gets back into the politics side of it, where it's like, you know, if... If uh, the silent generation and like the early boomers were running, you know, cinema and TV at that time and they were okay with it, it kind of changed over to a different guard of people who were like, I don't really want all this violence. I'm cool with the. And there's like the mass hysteria of parents. You remember how Pokemon was treated and uh, in the 90s and even how Harry Potter was treated uh, when it came out with the witchcraft and stuff like that. Like, I feel like the world of entertainment kind of bows to parents. And mm. at one point, 
in the 90s and early and late 80s and 90s there were latchkey kids parents weren't home to supervise this stuff mm -hmm. so there was no pushback to it but then you know that we kind of went back to older styles where one parent would be home they'd see what their kids are watching and they're like what the fuck is all this and then boom you know now there's pushback and now so they don't lose their spot on tv they have to censor stuff down a little bit. It's the same reason why uh, Saturday morning cartoons kind of faded away because uh, the FCC said no more commercials marketing to kids so heavily. So all of those Saturday morning cartoons lost their funding to put out stuff because they didn't have t they didn't have they didn't have toys to market anymore because they weren't allowed to market them that way. Damn, I never knew that part because I I literally complain. Parents, <laughs> like, dude, parents that's control. That's crazy. Media. That's a that's not even a conspiracy theory because if parents 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 control children, they say they can't watch something, then that TV show no longer exists, and then you then then you mix it with actual storylines ending, mm -hmm. and uh, you know because Dragon Balls, it, it was over halfway through Boo. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, and then they still got ten more episodes out with the the new world arc, which is still my favorite arc in Dragon Balls. I love how it goes back to the old school Dragon Ball style of just adventures on Earth and stuff like that. I just loved that, and uh, but that like they they stretched it out and they made GT in the late nineties. Again, didn't get localized till the early two thousands. Yeah, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors into why things change, and it can be it can be as like conspiratorial as parents taking over, or it can be as simple as Akira Toriyama stopped like draw stopped draw like stopped liking drawing like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It could be he's a Yotaro Taro yeah, take over, you know bro. I, mean? like, <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's a really good uh, analyzation because I think every. I believe every anime and every cartoon, every movie, every TV series probably has a different story as to why it either succeeded, failed, changed. Um, and it's, but it's probably something, some kind of mixture of those multiple things that kind of sway it one way or the other. And then this question um, I have for everybody here is that, you know, from Matt and I have been uh, reading and covering uh, the manga and then Toyotaro, he'll still, within the manga, obviously can get a little bit more mm -hmm. gory and detailed that he like kind of like back to the zs style that um we all like grew up and love and i'm i'm curious to know do y'all think that once you know we know the super anime is eventually going to return and oh one do, day yeah right <laughs> like, we're gonna we're gonna speak eventually. it into existence <laughs> Hell yeah. um, manifest we, manifest manifest do we think it's gonna still return like do you think in japan it's going to return back at that like prime 9 30 sunday morning slot? i think that's what it was sunday morning slot or go towards the streaming um route where if it goes to a streaming like strictly on a streaming service then they might have they might feel more liberties to make it a little bit like gory in terms of like dragon ball terms and gory just in like um, how it was in z and everything so like yeah do y'all you, do think it's gonna go that route or are they just gonna you know just go to the cash cow like and try to continue to and like the one thing that matt and i would always talk about is just that i feel like they're they're trying to you know cater to the kids and, and like bring in a new audience when like <laughs> when we're still we're, here. like we're the ones <laughs> yeah. that's like funding the fandom right now so um yeah what do, what do you guys I mean, think about that dragon ball uh just that entire series i mean 
I feel like this 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 is a very bold claim, but um, I feel like Dragon Ball is like the Star Wars of anime. Not Ooh. in terms of storytelling, but like in terms of it doesn't matter what they make for a new Star Wars movie, everyone's gonna watch it. Yep, like that's yep. it. Like it's mm-hmm. like there is no fault, there's no failure in Dragon Ball. That new show they're doing for it the is Dima. like yeah. I don't know if that's probably. I'm I'm still gonna watch it at least once. You know what I mean? Like right, right. And uh, I don't know. I feel like Dragon Ball is one of those shows that like it doesn't matter. Like they can do whatever they want, and people are mm-hmm. gonna consume it in some level. Because again, such an iconic series. Um, but then I, I said, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit weird in the anime universe because, like, I never felt that One Piece was that big. But that's me. When clearly it I'm is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right? It's a thousand <laughs> episodes. There's no way it's that still it's not going. popular. <laughs> like, it's, it just missed me. You know, and that's because I think I, my age, I'm 31, I'm about to be 31 years old. I kind of crested into anime at Pokemon 97, five years, like four or five years old. And then I crested out into serious animes in 2005. Mm -hmm. So like when all these other shows were like taking off Naruto and stuff like that, I was already out. I remember Mm -hmm. I was in high school when Naruto really started like hitting the scene. Like really, everyone's really into it. And I remember yeah. watching the very first episode and being like, what mm-hmm. is it felt like I was watching po- the first episode of Pokemon where like we have this kid who's going to be the best. And I was like, that's <laughs> no not, one I'm, ever I'm no lo- I'm no longer the, the target dude. audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. I'm out. But I felt like Dragon Ball that will, I'll always be a target audience for Dra- Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. always. And uh so I, I do think they'll they'll go the route of like uh, primetime TV, more yeah. movies, theatrical releases. Though I don't think a streaming service could ever handle it, and that's because mm-hmm. Dragon Ball will never be a limited show. <laughs> they'll never do. The site. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll they'll never do an eight episode Dragon Ball sorts. It's it's because what you know. I'm not exactly up to date on how that stuff <laughs> works, but I'm pretty sure someone's approached and says we're going to give you this much money. For, for this, this many, many episodes, episodes. yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what you're gonna do. Also, fun tip on that, or fun fun little fact. I found out that the reason 26 episode animes typically are the perfect number is because 26 episodes is how long a single season is in Japan. So mm. a, a a production company will be approached and they'll say we're giving you this much money for a single season, and that's it. And that's why they have to make it perfect. They like like, don't fuck this up. Dragon Dragon Ball's not that though. Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Super GT. They were like, we're gonna push this as long as it will allow. We Mm -hmm. will, we will, we will bend it until it breaks. Yeah, that's and like uh, with Super, they started to uh, catch up with with the manga. Like the manga was was, Mm -hmm. and so that's why we got those like terrible like copy vegeta arcs and it was just oh, like man. <laughs> because yeah to your point like there i think the guy I'd, I'd heard on one of one of the youtubers father i think typically the contracts work for like two years of um like of that of that time slot and i think what we have now with the dragon ball manga i think would only cover for i mean the super manga the True. newest material i think would only cover for a year but um yeah like they they would never go in that that season route where like they have 
uh, 20 episodes, like 26 yeah. episodes, and it's like, oh, we'll be back in the fall. It's just like, oh, here, we're going to get this terrible arc that we're probably just... But the shitty thing about that is, like, I watched every single episode of that comic <laughs> Waiting for it to get better. I hate it. And I hate it <laughs> every, Sunday, every Sunday. I was like, why did I just waste 20, 20 minutes of my I, life because you know, we, we had been deprived of db content for like a decade so he was I, like fuck it yeah, I like i'm always gonna watch i'll yeah. never forget uh i was i watched super after it was done so smart i had i had hulu and uh, or done uh with quotation marks um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I I got to episode I think 101 when the tournament starts. There's about 70 mm-hmm. episodes left, and I was my friend loves Dragon Ball, and I was like, dude, it's I, this is the last arc, isn't it? There's like 70 more episodes. <laughs> they're just gonna do the tournament for the, the tournament's only like 10 minutes long in in the universe, and they're like, he's like <laughs> you already know the answer. Why are you even asking? And I was like, you're fucking. It, it took it took it's 10 years 70 to blow episodes up, bro. <laughs> of like just a tournament and. A forty-minute tournament. Yeah, I, yeah. I gotta be honest. Like people, there, there's love and hate towards it, but I could not believe they stretched it in a way that was as engaging as they did mm-hmm. for yeah. seventy episodes. It's see, I never felt like the Vegeta, the the, uh, the Frieza arc, the the screaming at each other for ten episodes that, straight. They, that was kind of rough. <laughs> Yeah, Not that was a lot, lot, of, lot of disposition and talking. It, it never <laughs> felt like that during the tournament. It was I was engaged for all seventy episodes, and I was yeah. blown away. I, at the end, I was like, I cannot believe I was that engaged for that long. Yeah, I definitely. That's it's crazy you say that because I remember like when the tournament of power was happening in real time, and like, obviously they were teeing us up for Goku versus Jiren. And I remember we got it like five episodes in. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Why are they fighting right now?" There's so much love, and like <laughs> got work, and yeah, and like I loved how they did that. Like they they fought like three separate times throughout that tournament. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel repetitious. It didn't feel forced. Like it flowed naturally through the story. And I was just like, whoever thought to do that because it's like thinking about it yeah thinking about it the other way like i if you had waited to have like goku and jiren just be like the final fight you kind of would have just been going through the motions of the whole tournament Mm -hmm. like all right i'm tired i don't want to see krillin and 18 fight blind foxes like like give me (laughs) give me something else but like them giving it to us so early now it's just like oh all right we see how it was i I can't wait for round two so it's like it it, it was brilliant like how they stressed it out and i found that there was a lot of like underhanded fan service that went really unnoticed in super Mm -hmm. where it was like first and foremost gohan teaching he pretty much taught goku his father about ultra instinct and then goku kind of finished the so it was like them to like it would have never happened if gohan didn't like do the whole i'm doing my own thing Mm-hmm. And uh, I like, mm-hmm. and then Goku took it. Um, there was also bad things, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, I I think it was amazing that Seventeen being like the fan oh, favorite. MVP? That he is. Yeah. Hell yeah, he is a fan favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Bringing him back for the tournament, bringing Frieza, making him a good guy for a little bit. Um, just these little tiny things. Because I loved having Frieza on that team. I mm, thought it yeah. was like one of the best things ever. Like, um, and then yeah, Android, you know, Android seventeen fucking winning the tournament mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. best. Like, uh, I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe this. Like, 
Now on the on top of that, I cannot believe they did midichlorians for Saiyans. That was like <laughs> oh, that, in their in was their like, back like, in their back at that. I was right? like, you gotta right. stop. I, I, I that was tingle. <laughs> in seventy episodes up until that part came up. I was like, I cannot believe they just did that. Like <laughs> like going back so, to Dragon Ball Z is Star Wars. It's it's a it's a show that was once mysterious and mystical to the point where they had to start filling in the 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 gaps of of uh, the scientific suspension of disbelief and they had to make saiyans make sense i'm like it doesn't have to make sense man <laughs> i mean like it's 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 space monkey men with their with their hair turning gold it doesn't have to right. make sense man like yeah. and it's so funny because it's like the whole the whole we've been we went through a century of just learning about these warriors that have just worked their whole life to get this legendary form and then you get this and you get this like hybrid new new generation saints are like hey just feel that little tingly joint yeah, in that back. Itch yeah, in your back. Yeah, okay yeah. scratch that and then itch, just, bro, and then just push, push a little bit harder once you feel it right there just you know just go a little bit <laughs> Yeah, like they they could they could have easily just much. let yeah they could have easily just let that be like a universe six thing like it didn't have to be seven it, like seven we could have just left it am, ambiguous like we don't need to know like, yeah well like you said like that's almost there you know what I mean like and I think a lot of, I think a lot of the little things missed the mark too in uh, in Dragon Ball Z and again it could be a localization thing um, a lot of stuff's mistranslated and. Uh, or it's rewritten entirely to fit a specific arc. I mean, I think about it. The more I watch anime in general, there's a lot of times when someone's back is turned and, you know, in English, they'll say words like they're talking mm -hmm. um, because they're able to because the lips aren't moving. A lot of times in J the Japanese versions, they're not talking at mm -hmm. all. There's just a somber moment of nothing. And it could change the trajectory of a whole thing. Um, that's a big thing. And I, Dragon Ball Z is a great example. They do that a lot in Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you ever watched like the differences of like uh, I mean, just in English dubs, there's differences. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, that's why. That's why Dragon Ball Z uh, Kai was so fucking cringy. It's like, oh, <laughs> these word choices because I, I know they were trying to stick closer to the original translation. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I will still say that Mondo Cool is the greatest part in all of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Wow, dude! <laughs> yes. Wow, dude! Mondo Cool. That's right, really. <laughs> Mondo cool. Mondo cool. <laughs> and that's the name of this episode. <laughs> Mondo cool. Well, Scott, you, you mentioned a couple times that, you know, uh, Dragon Ball Z is the Star Wars anime. And I love that. And I never thought about it. And that's very apropos that our sister podcast, Annie, are you okay? A Star Wars podcast. Uh, super, super producer Mikey, shout outs to you, brother. We love you over here. He specifically told me to ask you about your love of cowboy bebop and just let you go he said yeah. make sure you talk to bring up cowboy bebop spin. and just let him cook <laughs> I, I, i'll say this in in the last 10 years since mikey uh i since mikey and i have talked about like my love for cowboy bebop at length i will say another watanabe anime dethroned cowboy bebop as my oh. favorite i love oh. space dandy <laughs> to no end it is my favorite show i rewatch it all the time i think it's funny the music's incredible like uh the style's all there there's moments like cowboy bebop that it just it really hits now cowboy bebop and why it 
it'll probably always be my favorite show. I mean, I, I named my son after one of the characters. That's very, very clear. It's like my favorite show. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Love it. I, uh, it's just, I, if I, in, in simple terms, it's the only anime that's so beloved across all different places. It's one of those animes that is just as good in English as it is in Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's one of, it's, uh, it's stylish. It's, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't get too deep in the weeds with the lore. It doesn't, it doesn't like hold your hand in the storytelling, but you just love every second of it. It never, t- it never takes itself too seriously and never take, it never gets too silly. It's literally the perfect anime. Like it's, it's perfectly length. It makes you want more of it. If the music's incredible, like, <laughs> the greatest ending theme of all time. It's, <laughs> it's probably the greatest like soundtrack in terms of like just sheer originality. Because even mm-hmm. Space Dandy, that's those are real songs by f- Japanese funk bands. Mm-hmm. That's not. It was not like some of the songs were made for the show. It's all just. It's like a jukebox. It's like an, it's like an illumination film. It's like watching the Super Mario Brother movie, and uh, you know. Um, you know, uh, the John Leguizamo version. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, uh, like um, every Illumination film was like ten percent orchestral pieces that were written for the film, then a bunch of real songs thrown into it to get people engaged into it. Um, not Cowboy Bebop; those are completely written, composed, and recorded by a fake band that was created for specifically that show. That Let's is. The amount of effort that went into that show, commitment, uh, the artwork, the because uh, there's a lot of things about anime that make it what it is. Um, really stylized art, but very low budget. All animes are low budget, and you can tell by little things like they'll cover their mouths when they're talking, so they don't have to animate their mouths. They'll instead of making different shots, they'll move a character yes. across the scene. Because all they have to do is draw the character then. They don't have to draw all these different cells. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboy doesn't have that. It's It makes use of its budget in a way that's both really stylized and really incredible. So, like, on every level, Cowboy Bebop, there's nothing wrong with that show. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's the best show. Because I can pick apart any... I can pick a problem with just about every anime except that one. Yeah. That's and, pretty much and it. I love, and I love about the fact that like you could just you can watch it through and let's say you watch five episodes or whatever and then life happens. You can still return to it yep. and pick up pick up right where you left off. It's it's just like because I the one thing I, I hate is whenever I'm locked into an anime, shit happens, and then I go back and I'm just like not into it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yep. and then like what, like the window, what, what's going on yeah. here? Like what, man? And then you just like, all right, on to the next. But nah, Bebop yeah. is perfect. That happened to me. With, <laughs> that happened to me. With, um, was it Megalobox? Like I, I like really wanted to like get into that show, and I was like, mm-hmm. first, first five episodes, first five, six, seven episodes, I was like locked in, and then life happened, and then I tried to go back to, it, and I was like, I'll try again at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean and it's like and it's like i don't I, I don't i don't smoke cigs but spike you know he made it made it look cool on a crisp winter walk to school definitely yeah. throwing out cold air like <laughs> acting like i was spike <laughs> for sure 
Worst and I'll worst. say this while I'm, while I'm on this. I want to make a very, yeah. very clear clear thing about Cowboy Bebop. I hate the live action to no fault of the actors. <laughs> they tried. They, they, tried they did a hardest. really good job. Everyone was in, It was incredible casting. Every single character was a perfect cast. There are some things that do not translate to a live action medium. That is number one. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just not there. It's uh, the, the, the movements too fluid. You know, it, it felt like when they were doing the Kung Fu scenes, I was like, it looks cool. It's not hitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like and that again, was the point of it. It was just supposed to look good. Like, I feel like that was what it was. That was well, the point of it. <laughs> did you, and, you know, it goes it goes beyond adapting, you know, cartoon to live action. Going back to Neon Genesis, have you seen the remade scenes from a lot of the movies? Like, you know, a lot of the movies just retell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll take scenes shot for shot, but the art direction's no longer there. It just feels mm. sterile. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a good word. Sterile. That's a really good it's, word. Yeah, it's, it's sterilized. It's so well done. A great, great example of uh, a terrible. It's, I, it's just a continuation. Berserk 97. Yeah, it's a super low budget anime, but it's, des- it's drawn in such a beautiful way. And then, and like how they, again, making use of the budget. They really work on making everyone feel like it makes you feel like you're really there. Like it, it gives you like perfect scene description. And then you watch the 2016 sequel to it. And it's mostly CGI. It's mostly, geez, like these camera shots that are way too much. And it's hard to follow. And it, it just like, it loses that art direction. Um, and, and it's, it's to no fault to the creators, you know, that's a really hard thing to do is to not have the original artist on something because it's what we've, it's what we think of. It's like, it, we're going to see it. We're, we're going to see it in star Wars in a couple years when they recast Ray Stevens. That's like, yeah. you're taking like what we just, our brains grabbed onto this character and now you're going to change his whole face. You know what I mean? Like that's. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in animation. Uh, I, I, for example, uh, I was, I've, I've been obsessed with the Metroid Prime remake right now, and uh, that art direction is perfectly crafted. And in the remaster, they nailed it. Mm-hmm. If you never played Metroid Prime on GameCube and then on the Switch, it's a perfect like recapture of everything with it being super clean looking and everything. I suggested heavily. That's dope. Yeah, Metro Prime is a class. I feel like that game doesn't get its flowers. Like, like, obviously, like yeah. Super it's Smash Bros. Game. Obviously, yeah, Super Smash Bros. Obviously helps Samus get her flowers, but like that is like a standalone oh, yeah. series. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't get the the props that it deserves. I mean, for sure. Well, it, the thing about Metroid Prime is it it shares another. It shares one of the greatest parts of that. And I don't want to get too far off from the weeds here because, <laughs> but um, hey, this is what we do, bro. I, th- hey. I think it, I think it'll tie back in. Um, Metroid Prime, Super Metroid, and Super Metroid, and the first, well, you know, met the first, the first four Metroid games ever. One, two, Super, and Prime all shared one very specific thing. You were alone, and there was almost no dialogue. Hmm. Damn, that's, then that's, that's Fusion, <laughs> Fusion came out, Metroid Prime 2 came out, Metroid Other M, Corruption, all of these games with, uh, 
They added narrations and narratives, but the narrative's always been there. It's just been told through text and very, very sparing dialogue moments of like inner monologues and stuff. And Metroid Other M was universally hated because of the narrative. But I learned recently, I was I was like reading into like why and uh, going back to translations and stuff. And a lot of the uh, narrations are butchered in English versus the Japanese version, which makes a lot more sense and is more well eloquently written going back to animes and, uh, you know, their localizations. I think localization can ruin an anime if mm -hmm. it's not done properly. You know, I've always like when we um when we've interviewed voice actors and just getting to know the the process behind um when they're prepping for these different shows. You know, I always the, it always strikes my mind too if there is ever like let's say if there was ever like any voice actor that had been well um fluent in Japanese that like get a English <laughs> script and are just kind of like. All right. Well, hey, this here is, we go. Uh, here, okay. <laughs> We're making these. I, I just. It always. It's always interesting to me when one like. I would always I, like. I would love to speak to a diehard Japanese Dragon Ball fan and just kind of get their experience of watching the original and then the English dub because for us it's like you know I love the the Japanese dub but at, at the same time it's not like I. No, like it wasn't like I originally watched the English and then I watched the the, the Japanese version. Like, oh wait, that that was not how it was originally framed to be, and right. so that's always just something that runs through my mind once whenever we're interviewing these these voice actors and also just watching the dub versus the sub. Yeah, Su super for me plays better subbed than dub. Mm -hmm. Like obviously Dragon Ball Z because like. I didn't know how to get access to the Japanese yeah. episodes yeah. at the time. And we were introduced to it being yeah, Exactly. And typically, you know, Trav, we've talked about this and Skylar, I, I want to know if you're the same thing. Like, however I start a show is typically how I have to stay. Like, if I just... Oh, yeah. I, same way. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I clicked the dub accidentally or on purpose, like, all right, I got to stay here. And if I went sub, like, yeah, I'll we stay get there. Yeah, Our yeah, brains cause... latch on to specific things. I mean, yeah. I can't watch. I, I, I might be. I, I think I might be the minority here. Maybe not. I can't watch Dragon Ball Z subbed, and 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 that's basically because I cannot deal with Goku's voice actor in Japanese. <laughs> She's a legend. <laughs> she, I love her. I, I, you know, but like I, I think Mikey. I think Mikey feels the same way too. I, that sounds familiar. I, I love her. I think she passed away, didn't she, recently? Mm. Was I thought it was Frieza passed Maybe. away. One of them the, passed uh, away. The English voice actor for uh, Frieza right. um, passed away. Chris up. Ayers? Correct. Yeah. Oh, but I can't do that high-pitched because not how I hear. I hear Sean Shemmel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, <hell yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I love his voice. I think he does a great, it's like, it's, it's the same thing with um, Spike Spagal and, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Bloom. Let's just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once Stephen Blum plays a character on a show, that is the voice actor. He is an incredible. And he's almost always just playing himself. It's just his voice typically. But it's, yeah. he has a very silky smooth voice that I really, really enjoy. And I just don't think I she can is, like, listen to She is still else. with us, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was a miss. It was me, not. No, but I, I. There is. There. There was like a prominent voice actor in Dragon Ball Z, the Japanese that did pass away. I just can't. Remember. Was it the voice of Bulma? I, it, I don't I care. It might. That it might be. Been, you know. That sounds familiar. But it, yeah, it was not that up. Goku. I just. Uh, 
I just, I love Masako Nazawa is Goku. She is still Legend. with us. Slayer facts. Big, big facts. But yeah, but, uh, but to kind of go like where you were going, that's how I had felt about it. But I think I was so desperate for Dragon Ball content. I didn't want to wait for the dub. So I just like went and sub. And then, you know, shout out to, you know, Chris Sabat, friend of the show, Humble Stunt. It, it is harder for me to listen to the American voice actors now because, like, obviously doing this for so long and getting older and, like, <laughs> vocal fray, they're, like, had to have made, like, slight tweaks, like, to, the, you know, like, their portrayal. And I hear it. And it takes me out of it. Like, Vegeta and Piccolo sound the same now. <laughs> like, where there they used do. to be a <laughs> right. very <They> big <laughs> difference in their delivery. So it's like... Yeah, I'll just listen to the Japanese version for this one. <laughs> I, I do, I do love Chris Sabat. I, so I think good, his, his voices are great. so perfect. When like, so I, good. I think Vegeta is one of like the great. Like, well, he's oh, my favorite Dragon Ball character is Vegeta. I don't know yeah. why. I just he I love that character development. He has the best development, and I've always felt that like his story was the most realistic <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. It's like Goku, like in English and in Japanese. I mean, like I get what they went for, where he's like, if I if I stay dead, no one will come attack the planet anymore. I get it, but at the same <laughs> time, he 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 goes off and just disappears, leaves everyone behind. The Twice. train. I I don't know, man. Like it's like it's it's. But then there's Vegeta, and they, I love that in Super they poke fun at it. You know, where yeah. he was like, We're, I'm going to train him. But he was like, my I'm wife about is, to have a kid, bro. My <laughs> wife is pregnant, Goku. <laughs> and, right. He's like, he's like, universe is on the line. He's like, I'm not leaving. Like, you like, don't understand. <laughs> I got responsibilities. I, I do. I do. But like, again, going back to him being realistic, he, you know, he's like, I want to go. Yeah, yeah. I cannot go. You, know <laughs> yeah, I mean? you see that? You see that crazy woman in there? She's gonna kill me if I leave, bro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm going. Well, like every, everything about him, like when he was be trying to become a Super Saiyan for the first time, mm-hmm. it all was like in because again, all animes have to do one thing, unless they're like slice of life, suspend our disbelief in what's going on, because. Dragon Ball doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We all, I think we're all in agreement. Right <laughs> what you really think right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I never felt that Vegeta did something that didn't flow with his character properly. Mm. It always felt very well written. Piccolo's the same way. Piccolo mm-hmm. softening up to Gohan after a while. Actually, every character in Dragon Ball is written well. Even Gohan, I know he got like, I know he got nerfed hard. Because of the, that that that, that pole fan pole, yeah, that fan fa- pole. I know they got. Ner- I know. I, I know he got nerfed. He's up there in my favorites too. But um, I don't know. I I. But then again, the more I talk about, it, the more like you know. I love Goku. I don't care. Like I I love that <laughs> he's always stayed true to what he's he a, is. He's a lovable tool. <laughs> which I I do like that. But I do feel that like in terms of like realism for a show about you know aliens fighting kung fu um i feel i do feel that goku makes the least amount of sense because he just unless we look at him like he's a giant child and then right a a lovable tool maybe i'm proven wrong here but i do like vegeta because it's it's he has always been the most like relatable of all the characters i know he's done the most evil stuff 
but you know again we're suspending our disbelief that in a universe where people can be brought back from the dead yeah <laughs> at any point in time as long as i collect the dragon balls and they aren't turned into stone so <laughs> death really doesn't mean that much in that universe <laughs> not at all not even um, <laughs> then you know what i mean like i don't know i felt like I, re- I always felt like i felt really bad for him you know and seeing good things happen to him has always made me feel good because he i think he always respected it like when he sacrifices himself for uh you know, and he knocks he knocks trunks out so he can't stop him. Little things mm-hmm. like that were just yeah. incredible storytelling moments, and yeah, that's why I like about Vegeta. I loved when uh when Future Trunks went back to his timeline and was telling um his mom about uh when he got killed by Cell during the Cell games. Like he and he was like, I didn't see it, but apparently father went crazy and like he got the best hit in on Cell, and it was just like such such a a raw moment because up to that point it was kind of like you didn't necessarily like see that sort of like father fatherly love that vegeta was showing towards trunks but then like in that moment it was like yeah no he has it in him like like he he's <laughs> and yeah. and bone was like wow like she was like shocked she's <laughs> that like, don't sound like him that's crazy <laughs> right? like, yeah. hi vegeta <laughs> yeah most definitely and he, even when trunks like left and he like you know hit him with the piece and vegeta like well vegeta my, actually hit him with the piece first <laughs> he was like hey, trunks did it back my favorite yeah, thing bro. ever is the team four star version where they flip each other off that was, <laughs> yeah. that was like way better Yo, <laughs> about one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny though whenever goku would that should have he... been the canon version <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was like whenever goku died in team four star there's a lot that feels canon in team four star what were you gonna say trap yeah what were you saying Oh no! I was just saying that um, whenever whenever Goku died and left, it was almost like everybody but Vegeta slapped because like, yo, he gonna come back. We gonna like, be bro, like, like we, we ain't gonna. We, we do this. We do this once right a week. Now. Come on, guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vegeta was the only realistic one that was like, yo, like shit might pop off here, and we gotta defend it. Gohan's like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hit up King Kai and get in contact with him. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, they, they they have found so many workarounds to that you can only be wished back once rule. <laughs> so many so many legal loopholes. <laughs> oh, I love when Sh- I love when Shenron gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love when I, again it just goes back to Super being a very fan servicey show, which is why. Like there is things in Super that are marketed towards us, the thirty-year-olds, because the show. Like I have people who argue with me about this. I never felt the show was a serious show. Mm. I never thought it was like a show that took itself. We're doing some cool shit here. Right, right. It's silly, (laughs) and that's what's fun about it. Like it's, (laughs) you know what I mean. Like it's, it's a very fun show that's gory and bloody but it's funny at times and i don't know it's dragon ball is a special thing again going back to being star wars there's a reason star wars is as popular as it is and the funny part the funniest thing about super is like when fans would get mad about just the lack of suspense within super was like the whole concept of super is 
lack is a whole lack of suspense because it's like, oh, it's the ten year time skip between the end of the Boo Saga and the end of Z. <laughs> we know All how right. it ends. <laughs> yeah, we know that everyone's alive at the end of Z. So like you know you know that everybody's gonna be alright in the end. Like and plus, like you said, it's Dragon Ball. Everybody gets wished back at some point. Like yeah. but I mean that's why I one of the reasons why I love the the Future Trunks arc because I mean the fu- like Future Trunks is my favorite character, but his whole backstory One of the best. Yeah, it's just like he he lived in a time that actually had real repercussions that now still stand to this day. And yeah, just it was just a different it was just such a different tone when when the history of Trunks came out and you just watched it and everybody was just dead and you're like shit. Like they like it's just trunks and gohan then gohan dies and it's like it's just trunks now yeah. and you just didn't get that before like leading up to that point dude you goku know? black man i love the goku black arc yeah it's so good <laughs> don't it shoot has, it has some black. of the best music too like <laughs> goku black's like music there's this one score I, w- I could never find it unless i watched the episode but it's when he's looking he's he's looking over everything there's this really dark kind of scary kind of soundtrack i was like it's was it when he was me. first revealed um i when forget. he like emerges from like the fires and you see it's uh goku well yes it's, something yeah. like that it's a real like the music in super is some of the best the, the oh, ending yeah. themes like mm-hmm. the especially mm-hmm. at um this the, well the, the theme song in the tournament of power is the best one of the best songs ever like yeah. uh that the whole instinct theme is lit yeah. too like the real dramatic one. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's funny what I just thought about, Travis. You just What's made that? me think about like a uh, future Trunks' uh, timeline. Why has no villain ever tried to kill Dende to get rid of the Dragon Balls? <laughs> like, that would jam them up big time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why hasn't anyone targeted Dende? Like, that's essentially what happened. That's why future Trunks' timeline got fucked up because, you know, they only had Piccolo and Piccolo yeah. got killed. Dragon Balls went away. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone been like, yo, if they don't have them Dragon Balls, we might have something here. <laughs> like, that, should, that should be an arc. Like, the, the keep that day alive. Skylar, I do gotta ask, how did you feel about the ending of the Goku Black? <laughs> I gotta Matt be honest. Knows, I forgot Matt knows I got, ma- <laughs> Matt well knows I got major beef with it. Jog my memory, because this, like, this is like one of the things I haven't fully re- retained. Yeah, there. so... I was the same way as you were like, I loved, love the Goku Black arc. And then like the ending, mm-hmm. Trunks still took an L in it. Like yeah. they defeat, they, yeah. de- they defeated yeah. Zamasu, but since he was immortal, his just entity was just floating around, like just he laughing and still controlling. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to bring in Zeno who wiped away his timeline. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, this is the perfect opportunity to keep future trunks in the present timeline. Yeah. It's not like he's the same age as his present counterpart. <laughs> they don't, they kid, don't even have the same still, color hair. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a distinct difference between the two, but instead Weiss and beers are like, Oh, we'll send you to a different timeline where now there's going to be a duplicate of you and, and, my, and your and, girl. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just, this is a shitty ass outcome for trunks. Like he yeah. saved his timeline, but the people that he saved yeah. are now wiped from now. existence. Yeah, yeah I uh, like, like they did right. my guy dirty. They that did was my guy well, dirty. And that, that 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 blows me. Like I understood Gohan getting done dirty because he was the Saiyan man. That just that that failed, man. That, that 
<laughs> I loved it. It failed. I did love that arc between cell between like uh, you know Frieza and Cell. I do love that little tiny. What's going on? Yeah, fun. Goku and Piccolo get driver's, driver's license. Yeah. The best uh-huh. episode. I love the film. See, that's the thing about Dragon the Ball. Drip. The Majunior drip. <laughs> the uh, the the I do love the filler episodes in Dragon Ball more than any other anime. There is so much fun to watch, but yeah, um, yeah, they really I I got why they did Gohan dirty, and even they gave him uh, an outcome that was still relatively acceptable. He mm-hmm. went the other way. He became a yeah. scholar. He had a happy family. He went he's where his normal. mother wanted him to go. He's every, he's <laughs> he actually achieved Goku's everything not. he was trying to do. Yeah, like, he became what Goku wasn't, which was a story in itself. Yeah. Right. But not, only, just, not only that, he literally, what we were told they wanted him to be at the start, like Chi Chi said, I want him to be a teacher, be a husband, a father. Like, this is literally what happened. Like, literally yeah. fulfilled his mother's wishes. Like, like we didn't, yeah, we didn't get, like, we didn't get what we really, but like, I personally like Gohan's arc that mm-hmm. way because it makes the most sense. But it does. yeah, it does. Trunk, Trunks, that is one of, I think, if you got like a million Dragon Balls, Dragon Ball fans together, I'm telling you, at least 55% of them would be like, yeah, Trunks is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. I, everyone, like, his fit was on point. Um, the most badass intros his, into the series. His, 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 his dialogue, both in, in Japanese and uh, English, was incredible. His voice mm-hmm. actor was incredible. Like, the sword was sick. He was pretty much, like, taking on, like, the cloud strife from, uh, from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was the guy. And then they just were like, we don't want to do it. I, it felt, I, the more we talk about it, the more I remember, I remember my feelings was, I was like, did they really just get rid of like the best character in the show? That is <laughs> right. wild. Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, like I've been saying to Matt, like they got to get him out of that timeline. Like, to. They got to just, just to, uh, it's it just too, two trunks is too much. Like, after, like, after Beerus made that whole big thing about, you know, fucking with time, like, you know, you put two of the same people in the same universe. <laughs> right. like, yeah, no, I, it, it felt like they didn't want to do trunks anymore. That was the thing. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. they liked kid trunks. They didn't want to do adult trunks anymore. And I, I listen from as someone who, who tells a story who actually one of my trunk style characters leaves the show because the whole show always revolved around him. Oh, we get in there next. Good buddy. I know, but um, <laughs> I figured it was going to come eventually, but I do understand this when trunks is present, it almost always revolves around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that from a storyteller's perspective is a problem so I do get that. Like it's yeah. hard to take a, a such like such a main character because he was a main character. Yeah. And right now their focus is Goku and Vegeta. Mm-hmm. And it still is in the manga. It still is. It's about mm-hmm. them. And uh, to have Trunks, it always felt like uh, when Trunks is around, it has to do so- it has to do with something in his timeline. Always. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the trajectory wasn't there. We go back to like the the politics of telling a story because they could have got him into the story. You know, like how is he fitting in? He could have put down the sword. He could have done a bunch of stuff. He should have gave the sword to Little Trunks. Like that literally yeah. would have been. They, 
Easy like, teed up. I could go. see them, you know, wanting to be like a normal person. Because like there, there is a, from a story I've been fighting my whole life. Let me take a break. Yeah, hell if, yeah. I, if, if I had to consider some like idea, if I had to write Dragon Ball Super, what I would have done, it would have been like, well, he clearly has PTSD. Clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. So we have to, you know, but there we go again. We're trying to move away from Trunks, but now we have a sub arc of him coming to terms with... You know, now he doesn't have to deal with the end of the world anymore all the time and, you know, freedom fighting and all this kind of crazy stuff. And now that's a subplot that's always going to be happening. And again, it's taking away from the rest of the show. I don't know. Do I agree with it? No, I wish they would have found a way to keep Trunks in, but I, I could see where they were coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a reverse Gohan thing. Like, and they, and they don't want him to be mm-hmm. the favorite character. Like, no, Goku and Vegeta, but yeah, if Trunks is around, like, people are naturally going to, like, gravitate towards him. I have always felt that Akira Toriyama, of all people that make a show or make a, make, make a, you know, make a manga, he's one of the more vindictive ones. If he, if he <laughs> likes something, it's staying. Yep. Which yeah. I respect. Yeah. And if he hates something, it's gone. And yeah. I, I bet there's a part of him that's like, you know what? I don't really like Trunks that much. Get him out of here. And that <laughs> yeah. was it. You know what I mean? Me, that's what it sure felt like. like. Me, me and Trav, me and Trav jokingly say all the time that we feel like Frieza must be like how he views himself, and that's why he always keeps bringing him back. Like, he's I'm just like the character die. Well, here's another thing: is like everyone loves Cell. But we yeah. get him in very short bursts, and the one time in Super we see him is he doesn't even talk, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, no, you're um, right. <laughs> uh, I I also I love Snake Way, and I wish we saw more of Hell. Oh, Snake Way, you yeah. know what I mean? Those, that was a great batch yeah. of episodes. Goku's traveling Dude, on Snake Way. That I am telling you, I love my favorite my my favorite era of Dragon Ball is episode one of Dragon Ball, up until they get to Namek. I the Namek arc, while I respect while I respect it and I'll always watch it, it's not my favorite. It's all green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it is a lot. <laughs> it gets very old very quick. Um, it is a lot. The adventure's gone. They caught up to the manga, so they're putting in way too much filler. And uh but like the ship getting there, uh, you know, Goku's <laughs> space brother, pirates. The space <laughs> yeah. dude. Well, and that's the other thing is like, you know what show I, I've been rewatching that I really, really enjoy, and you're gonna hate me for it. I love GT. <laughs> oh shit. I take, okay. I take. Now listen. Listen, I let's, I, let's hear it. Let's I, hear it. I get we're gonna be rewatching it soon. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I get why people don't like it. It's very derivative. It's mm-hmm. very dumb, um, but <laughs> I do love it. I love I love the new three characters. I you know I love tr- I love future Trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Goku's fun because he was my favorite character. It was always Kid Goku, um, and I I do like Pan. I I think that that that, that trio really worked out. And uh, I I'm only a couple arcs in, but like I really enjoy they go back to the adventure side of Dragon. That's my favorite part mm-hmm. is the adventures of Dragon yeah. Ball. Yeah. Um, also, back to I just thought about this. Never said it. Um, suspension of disbelief. Best story arc. Most the one that makes the most sense is Yamcha. <laughs> my man Yamcha. Because if my I man. listen, if I was if I had a superhuman strength, but all my friends were like ten hundred times better than me at that point, 
what would I do? I'd go play baseball. But right? Here's my combatants for the Yamcha. How are you a mid baseball player? You should be hitting dingers every time you're at bat, bro. Like, he should be the greatest baseball player of all time. My, my in the park home runs every time, dog. Like, my my, my favorite uh, little tiny thing that happens in um. Uh, again, fan service and super is when they're playing baseball. The baseball game, and he yeah, gets get hit so six. hard. They yeah, do yeah. the they do the they do the uh, Vegeta kills Yamcha. Yeah, where he's like on the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That, that was, was a good one. Was. Yamcha just I, I, he's like, finally, we in my wheelhouse now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 I just like, popped in my head. I was like, I I do love Yamcha. I love the I love the side characters a lot. Like Yamcha is one of my favorites. Um, I used to always play him in Budokai. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he was fun. He was fun in the video, video games. Yeah. He's yeah. Well, he's a play. he's a killer in those games, and you know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you suspend your disbelief that he's one of the weakest characters at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I'll always love Krillin. I'll always love Krillin from the day he was introduced. I've always loved that character. <laughs> I always say they did. <laughs> they did so Krillin funny. got game. Look, Krillin I, got I, game, dude. <laughs> he does. Tra- Trav knows. I say all the time, man. I, I'm always screaming justice for Krillin because it's like they really forgot that that was Goku's best friend. Like, Except they, they turned him. Know, they turned right? him into a cop for a minute. I didn't like that too much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, like, well, and it was like, and he was like, kind of like <laughs> okay at it too. It was like, damn, like if you're gonna make him do, at least him be like, yeah, like very, like, very yo, good it's, at it's, it. It's the Yamcha <laughs> baseball thing. Like everything yeah. about his skill set should make him the the top cop of all time, bro. Like, he, he should be fucking Columbo out here. Like why? I still love, I still love <laughs> that Goku becomes a farmer. That's one of my yeah, an onion, yeah. an onion <laughs> farmer a day. Yeah, like, we need we need money for the house, and he goes and he becomes a farmer. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but you, you wouldn't just go fight in the tournaments, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, like millions of dollars. Yo, and then, and then the, the biggest plot hole in all of Dragon Ball Chi Chi's a fucking princess. Like, how are you broke? <laughs> Like not not only not only is Chi Chi a princess, we never Goku, see we, we barely ever see her dad, which pisses me we, off. I love yeah, her like dad Ox too. King, like yeah, yo, Ox King, like you're 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 faint. You literally come from money, and then on the other side of it, Goku, your best friend in the whole world is the richest person on planet Earth. How are y'all broke? How about my boy Tien though? How about my I boy Tien? I love I love yeah, Tien, yeah, yeah. bro. I I really wish you guys know the story about launch, right? How Akira Toriyama forgot about Launch. Yeah, forgot she was a character. Yeah, Rafi uh, <laughs> talked about it with his trash. Uh, it's one of the <laughs> funniest things because I loved her. T- I'm too. I'm gonna rewatch Dragon no, Ball. I think the no, more I talk about that, like, it's so good. It's so good. Like, Dragon Ball's so good. Yeah, I do think I feel like in general Toriyama forget. I mean, like I, I don't like he's he's created a lot, so it's probably. Like, yeah. But I definitely feel like he for, he forgets a lot. <laughs> remember, remember, like Launch shows up like in the Boo Saga, and it's just like, oh, this guy sounds familiar. You mean the person that you traveled around the world with for years? Like, <laughs> what you mean he sounds familiar? This guy sounds cool. I'll help. Like, you know him. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, with it, Tien doesn't get enough props in that role he played of um, Drip God. just just uh beat and sell down with the tribe yeah, to tri-beam. get everybody like when he just <laughs> he, 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 he was he was holding them down he, he just kept rep- like, repeating that drawing on him like yeah, i do i do love uh well okay if you had if you had to strike out like uh like goku and vegeta how would you rank your top like 10 like five we'll just say five because 10 is too much mm. <laughs> 
our top five uh, Dragon like, Ball characters. Yeah, but you can't say like the obvious ones. Vegeta, Goku. Okay. I'd even say Gohan or Future Trunks out. Yeah, you can, you Everybody take else. Okay. okay, I'm with that. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. So okay. my original favorite character pre-Vegeta was Piccolo. So I would just revert back to that. Piccolo yep. was my, He's like, up my there. favorite, I'd say Piccolo, favorite yeah. Dragon Ball character. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I have a it, it might be because of Dragon Ball, but I've always had a special place in my heart for TN. Like, I don't know I why. I love TN. Like, Absolutely. I'm yeah. Just, I'm like, <laughs> so I'll go Piccolo TN, um, Master Roshi. Master I'll throw, Roshi. I would throw, <laughs> throw Yoshi on my five. Uh Android 18. Yeah. For for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh damn, who would be in my five? I don't want to go 18 and 17, but 17. Well, but, but I feel like he's, I, and I feel like like he's an obvious he's one. He's one of the top five. He's an yeah, obvious like one. He's yeah, obvious. yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Krillin. Uh, maybe Dude, maybe Krillin I would Krillin. be like I, I, I'd probably say TN's number one, Piccolo, Krillin. I still love Yamcha. I just yeah, love him. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I, you know what, Master Roshi too, and yeah, I, I do Roshi, love that he, my he, guy, yeah. he's in the tournament, and I love when he's in the tournament. He gets stupid buff, really. Jackie quick. Chan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, well, who I'll, I'll add to because I those are all my favorites, but who I'll add to the list, and not necessarily the the Z version, but I actually love post tournament of power frieza i just love how like now that he's revived and he i, I just feel like he just like he's like yo i'm just trying to run my business yeah, around I'm, the universe i'm gonna I'm 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 fuck with goku but i don't really care about killing them no more and like you know i'm just i'm just happy to be alive and do my thing like he's not he's not necessarily good but he's not necessarily bad he's just he's just running this business but i did love though the fact that with black frieza coming like i I'm really interested to see, like, (laughs) yeah, like, what that's going to be. Like, I still, I'm still under the guise of, like, there's going to be some other threat that he's, like, just, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm preparing. I'm making sure I don't get killed again. Like, I got a new lease on life. I don't want to die again. But I'm going to let Goku and Vegeta know, hey, something's around. Hey, hey, by the way. I know y'all love (laughs) to fight. So, hey, y'all can take care of it. I'm good. But I just like, and then like when he's um in the uh, Broly movie, his wish was just to become taller. Like, he's just like, I like, I like this, this post super. Uh, yeah, I, love, I, love, I love how he carried around the Dragon Balls in the Broly movie. Just had him like floating around, <laughs> like just walking around with him floating. Uh, like, yeah, I got another all these. character I like, Mr. Satan. Yeah. Oh, Hell, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hercules that dance, yeah. He's the only like regular human that's been able to swindle his way out of Yo. getting his like like ass beat by people who could flick flick him and he'd just be knocked out. Like he, every, every time. <laughs> my man, my man he's got the gift of gab. He made a the tough one. Yeah, he, he he is Dragon Ball. He's the he's the bard of the Dragon Ball Z universe. Right? One thousand percent. All they, all he needs is a sitar and he's good to go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Crooning universe. I, I would probably she will she might be my sixth man, but Boma has been Boma's there up for there. everything, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Episode one. There. Episode yeah, one. She's, dude, she's yeah. been there for everything. She's another one that has just like she has some of the best else. fits. In the, yeah, drip, drip got, and she and a lot like Hercule, like you were just saying, Chad. Like she's been in like situations where like, oh, you should have been died many times, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the fact that like she just like 
didn't care about any of Vegeta's drivel that she would say about like being the prince of all saints and all that shit. She'd be like, alright, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. you gonna come, I, you gonna I come over or I also love Chi-Chi. Like, the fact yeah. that like... I love how everybody's scared of Chi-Chi. No, <laughs> thanks. She right. mouthed off to Majin Buu, like, <laughs> and she did. She showed no fear until the very end. Do you, <laughs> like, do you like eggs? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, oh, I've always loved Chi Chi. I love that Chi Chi just like sticks to her guns. Mm-hmm. She's the only person Goku's ever been afraid of. <laughs> like, and again, since, in, since the very beginning, and that arc, the the marriage arc at the very end of uh, you know, Dragon Ball is one of the best yeah. arcs because also Dragon Ball has like two really good sequences with Goku's grandpa, mm-hmm. like the first one, at, at, you know, at, at Baba's uh, tournament. Yep. When he takes off the mask, which the I don't know how he man. didn't realize it was his grandfather. Yo, it's like literally the whole outfit. All, all that's covered is his face. The outfit was the exact as Grandpa Gohan. But like <laughs> that, like when, when he starts crying a little bit, I felt that in my heart. That's the only time in Dragon Ball that I felt it in my heart. Like the whole like uh, where he was really genuinely happy to see his grandfather. And at the very end, when they get yeah. married and go on their adventure, he's in that one too. Love that as well. I do. I wish Grandpa Gohan come back at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be dope. I love and watching Dragon Ball Z first, and then going Dragon Ball backwards because you know the way that we got it. I love how they don't explain the halo over his head, like, and that's like such a major iconic imagery in like Dragon Ball Z. And we know like the afterlife and everything, but it's just like in Dragon Ball, he's just like, what the fuck, fuck is that? <laughs> like they don't like go into detail <laughs> yeah. about like the other life oh, yeah. and how he came back, and we don't until like <laughs> way into Dragon Ball Z, like so after Goku dies. So like I, I would have, I would have loved to have been a person who watched Dragon Ball first and like got that payoff, like oh shit, the Halo, like that, that's what that was, <laughs> like, right? It's lit. Hey, but you know, Dra- Dragon Ball, it has such a soft place in my heart because everyone's so scaled down and like it's just like grassroots it's just like no like you just got it feels more realistic like Like, it feels better you just got better hands and feet than the other like it's really (laughs) just that like it's like no no you know power scaling energy beans (laughs) i also find that like piccolo and um i feel like the choreography is like more kung fu oriented where it's like real striking and uh i don't know and goku getting his ass beat a couple times Mm -hmm. for once and not just yes, like because uh, even when he's getting his ass beat, he like it's like he's gonna get him, he's gonna get him. Don't you worry, you know what I mean? Or he let his guard down. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's the standard trope. No, <laughs> but like they, yeah, him, Vegeta fights him, what? they jump him. <laughs> it's like what 126 <laughs> episodes is is Dragon Ball. That sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It always yeah, felt like it. Goku was at his most realist, even when he was an incredible fighter. There was always yeah. someone who was either better than him or just like just knew how to fight better because raw strength doesn't equal you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's one, 153 the original dragon ball series 153 okay. oh man i'm gonna be rewatching that soon nah, sometimes it's, it's, i'll have animation at work uh funimation on my switch at work and i'll just I'll, i will literally this is the only show i can do this with i will mute it and just have it playing because yeah. I know what's going. I've seen it so many times. I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> right. And I don't have. I-, I can look away for like forty-five minutes. But like, oh yeah, exactly. I know what's happening. <laughs> I thought this is where they'd be. <laughs> but- <laughs> right. 
I love that. I love that. But Skylar, what I, I want to finish this episode out with, because, you know, other than, you know, you being a fan of the source material, you have created your own source material. We're going to go from seven star Dragon Balls to Omega Star Seven, your own sci fi audio hey. drama. And, you know, I, I know I've talked about it with you on uh, Annie Are You Okay, a Star Wars podcast. But, you know, this is Trav's introduction to it and, and the lifers. Just uh, tell us about like its inception, where they can find it, what it is. Just give give us everything. Omega Star Seven started in 2020 as an actual play podcast. If you listen to my like Critical Role or Adventure Zone stuff like that, it was a tabletop RPG that was dramatized to, to an extent, and then it was recorded. It kind of fell apart after the first eight episode arc, and then that was it. So, uh, moving on in 2021, I kind of was like, I kind it was one of the very few things in my life. Give me one second. be safe so in 2021 i realized that i've been through tons of bands of vocalist guitarist bassist whatever and um i really was one of the very few things in my life i just wanted to keep doing and experimenting with and getting crazy so at the time my my, one of my good friends my new friends who became has become my best friends uh james i was like dude let's i had this thing i used to do you should should do it with me james shout out to james but um so he helped me. I had one of the original actors, Joe, come back. The other ones have made reprisals, but they never came back fully. And we just kind of redid the story. Like we continued the story from a different perspective. And then we just kept working towards building that universe in an audio drama format. So, and we have been, we have been called audio anime because it's very, very fast paced and there's crazy music and fight scenes and all that kind of stuff, but uh, it's it's pretty much an anime without a visual medium. So if you're driving in a car or you're at work and you can listen to a podcast, if you want to catch a story versus hear people talk like this, it's kind of like the other side of podcasts, fictional podcasts. So that's kind of what it is uh, in terms of like you know mechanically what it is. Um, that sounds dope. What we do is it's 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 you know people liken us to cowboy bebop but in reality there have you ever go. seen the old if you ever seen the old anime outlaw star bro I don't, that's <laughs> like, part of our intro is you know we them outlaw stars giving you them outlaw bars bro yeah, so <laughs> it's in my father that, matt's favorite Hell that's yeah. a lot like a lot a lot of the terminology i wouldn't say was derivative but we do have a, we do share a lot of the same terminology ether the story how ships work how ship travel works <laughs> the galactic ley line <laughs> how pe- how people talk to each other um, the, 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 the aesthetic now, obviously it's a, it's an audio only medium. So aesthetic can only go so far, but, um, I guess the audible aesthetic of like the music being kind of Westerny, kind of synth wavy, kind of rock and roll. That's kind of what it is versus jazz and stuff like that. I mean, music in terms of audio drama is as close as you get to cinematography. I mean, if you got to conjure a scene without, a, without, without, a set and cameras you do it with music you know is this a bar what kind of bar is it is it like an old dusty western bar mm, throw a guitar mm-hmm. in you you want some kind of like driving club with alien dancers on the bars now you got synthwave playing mm. it's really all you got so it's a universe it's it's fictional like star wars you know it's not it's not like earth a thousand years from now earth doesn't exist um 
It never existed. And it really is just like, uh, I, I liken it to Star Wars if it was an anime. That's the best way I can, I've been able to describe it. It's Star Wars if it was an anime. It's funny. It can be, uh, it's funny. It can be dramatic. It can be very, very, there's a couple horror episodes. It's really, the reason that it's gone on for the past three years at 60 episodes now is because we're always trying new storylines, new characters, new ideas. Maybe this time we do a genre, maybe we do anthologies from time to time. Maybe we say, okay, well, let's, let's try to move away from this genre and try to introduce more of this. And it's just us always being like, how do we flip it on? It's how do we take this thing we made three years ago and flip it on its head this time? And, uh, we just enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. I get to voice act. I'm not the best voice actor in the world, but I enjoy my time doing it. And, uh, I get to do a, be composer, a editor, a director, a writer. Um, so yeah. So if you want to find it, you just look at it anywhere. You look for a podcast and just type in Omega star seven. I will say we used to have the, the first eight episodes I mentioned gone and <laughs> just gone. They, they, I, I do feel if we're talking about like making a podcast, beyond mm-hmm. anime and stuff like that is making a podcast the first impression you can do as much as you want to get someone away from those first episodes mm-hmm. you can do the warnings you can put it in the show notes hey don't listen to this one first i think it ruined our inception uh, from, a, from being a new show because they were there and the the audio quality okay. was ear shatteringly bad uh for being our first foray into this kind of stuff um I think, you know, respectively, it wasn't that bad. But, like, compared to what it is now, it's totally different. So what we did instead, remove those first uh, eight episodes and redid them. And that releases in a week and a half. There we go. Ooh, All eight up front. Go. And uh, since when's this coming out? Next week? Whenever you need it to come out. <laughs> well, I don't care because I'll tell you this. We are... About a week and a half ago, we decided to do a holiday episode. And uh, about a week ago, we decided to make it a musical. And that, <laughs> and that comes out next Tuesday, the day after Christmas. So perfect, perfect. perfect. Yeah, we so the Dragon Call interviews typically drop on Friday. So uh, even better. Part, so <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah, I was about to say that part of the whole reason why we wanted you to come on is because we wanted to, you to be able to like kind of have this as a companion thing to go along. So by the you. time this comes and out, you. there'll be a hol- a new holiday episode there that's a musical, and also the, the the week after there'll be eight episodes all dropped at once for everyone. And to did listen. you say you have sixty episodes written? No, no, no. It's it is sixty episodes long. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bad. It's bad. sixty bad. and count and, and counting or are you yeah. sorry, wonderful. Lovely. So it's um just to, I'll talk a little bit about where it's go. So we do things now in see and uh, a season is an era. So think of a mm-hmm. season like Dragon Ball Z, another season like Dragon Ball, uh you know what I mean? Like a season yeah. is a, is an era of that show, of the okay. show. So Season two, which is number one, which is on, if you go to Spotify, it's the first episode now, but, um, which is still works is the outlander. That's 30 episodes. It's a 30 episode story. Um, then there is season three, which is six anthologies season four, which is seven anthologies, but multi-part episodes. So there's like, I think 14 episodes in, uh, and season four, 
season one is will coming out next week. Eight episodes, and now we're working on season five, which will probably be another long form 30, 40 episode arc if if it works out that way. So that's kind of we haven't really done that. I think Outlander ended in November of twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. So we haven't really done that in over a year, like a full thirty episode arc. That's like an anime. We've we've done pretty much anthologies only for the past year. So we're kind of excited to get back into writing a, a big story like that again. Damn, I'm definitely gonna check that out. That's uh, I love I love that spin on it and that take on it, and then just the the way you describe the the music and soundtracks that are associated with it. That's yeah, such a gigantic yeah, part of the anime. <laughs> I'm just, Hell yeah! And I'm, and I'm sure that, music that could be a whole another episode. Is, yeah, music and music and anime is the the tr- I, I believe that music makes the anime. Yeah, because you'll yeah, forgive I'm... a lot of bullshit if it's got a banging soundtrack. That Hell is the yeah. truth. <laughs> it's <Because>. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> big, big fan. But your show doesn't got a lot of bullshit. It's got great content and great music. So it's, it's <laughs> got <laughs> some why. It's got some weird and wacky shit. But um, again, as I said, we experiment a lot. So a lot of it's funny. A lot of it's serious. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But we've we're proud of all of it. We you know we're like listen. This is a zero budget show. To have the level of quality, even at episode one to episode now, still shows that, like, you know, for something that cost us no money, but but only, only cost us our time and uh, effort, I think it's pretty incredible that, like, we never had to do a crowdfund. We just went for it and said, one day, maybe it'll take off. Maybe and maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep making fun shit that, like, a thousand people like. Because we have about a thousand... 2,000 people, like, if we, if we judge it based off the numbers, that's a 1,000 yeah. people. If I put them that's all dope. in a room, <laughs> that's, that's dope, a lot bro. of fucking people in a room, so. 1,000, <laughs> 1,000%. 1, and um, just to to stay on, on, on the funny side real quick, I want to uh, close this episode out with the uh, – we, I want, I want to hear this from you, Scott. I was talking to Mikey, and uh, he uh, told me that um, you single-handedly started and ended his uh, music career. <laughs> yeah, guys, said that for many, Texas. He has said that many times. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is this? Uh, is it, so you guys have heard. I haven't heard this. So sure. Uh, <laughs> you want another story? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you know, I, I I work in the industry now. Right. I'm mm-hmm. 31 years old now. Um, so I would know how if me if Mikey and I met a month ago, I bet and if we wanted to make a band, I bet I can make that band happen a lot quicker and a lot more cleaner today than I mm-hmm. could 10 years ago. Because you got to okay. remember before when me and Mikey met, that was my first real band that I ever pulled together by myself mm-hmm. before it was like garage bands or me joining other bands. There was one band before that I put together that was straight ass. <laughs> okay but it was everyone's first band sucks and you can't tell uh-huh. me otherwise like anyone can pretend that you know because even these famous musicians like they had a first band or their right. or their right. band had a first album that never got released right so it's mm-hmm. just all of that um but mikey and i i went to a friend's house who recorded my one band uh and he i, I love the guy to death uh i don't think we were doing something that was like, I had a lot of ideas, but I'm not the best metal musician. I'm much mm-hmm. better nowadays, but um, 
you know, I was I was a metal vocalist for a long time, and uh, I was getting back into guitar. So I'm trying to write these songs, but I'm still kind of punky, punky, punk music. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was a lot of really good ideas that didn't come together with the right people. Like the band was super eclectic. We had my hair metal buddy on bass. We had my like, uh, an- like uh, uh, the sound of animals fighting and like dance Gavin dance on drums. Like that kind of guy. Real weird <laughs> drum patterns. Uh, we had some metalcore kid who was like, you know, four or five years younger than all of us. And, and then there was me on guitar and vocals and Mikey on vocals. It was a mess from the start. So I had some pool in the industry and I got us on a really big, good first show and it tanked. <laughs> now, oh, man. for Mikey and his sake, if he's listening, which he's going to be, um, <laughs> he got to edit this bad boy. <laughs> I, I do clearly remember that a lot of people complimented his vocals, especially his more guttural low vocals after the show. And oh, that's uh, good. for me, who's someone who I, I, I just played a show last month. Like I still, I still perform on stage with mm-hmm. like punk bands and stuff like that and like I'm right now I'm in a post hardcore kind of band the the stage versus the the crowd are two different sounds cuz when you're on mm-hmm. stage you hear the monitors feeding back but mm. outside of the stage it's just a wall of noise <laughs> and really the only thing that people are listening cuz they never heard your music either when you go mm-hmm. see a band that you don't know, it's always going to sound like a local band because you can't pick out what's going on. But mm, when you go right. see a band like Ghost or some kind of huge band that you know all their lyrics and everything, you forgive all that crazy sound because you know what's going on in the songs. So I don't know if I would say I ended his music career, but I did show him what it's like to be a musician. And because uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this, ended his music career. <laughs> ten, year, ten, ten years later. Um, it's the exact same bullshit as it was back then. <laughs> There's just people who are better at mixing and people who are better at playing guitar, but the same concept still is there. People you can't rely on, people, you know, shows that have horrible sound issues. Um, it's just part of life. And uh, I am glad that I get to, you know, I'm glad that Mikey's in this, this, because like, I'm glad I get to work in the like my, my my actual career is working in music, which is really really good. That I was able to skeeve out something, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. um, if you're in a band, you got you got about a one in a thousand percent chance. So <laughs> one in a thousand, very um, niche. And that and that's that's you know that's a uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you do it because you love it. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know countless musicians, Mikey included, who the actual making of music will ruin music for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do hope one day he do, he makes music though, because he's actually a really <laughs> talented dude. And I think well, he could do a lot Now that we know that now that the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, Mikey, sing he, us a song, get you back. <laughs> he's shown me some good ideas. He's, I was like, dude, you know, I, we could make this happen, man. Like... <laughs> We got to put that battery in yeah, his back. Well, right, we are on it. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't have to, you don't have to play live either. You know, you know, you could just put out fun yeah. music like people. Yeah. Especially if you have a life, if you're like, you know, like I, I play in a band, but I don't really write too much of the music. I just play in like the one guy writes it. I learn it and I say, okay, practice time. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then we rehearse, and then we play a show, and then it's off my brain until the next show. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, we we gonna get him back. We gonna bring him out of well, retirement. I'm gonna bring him back. I think. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, a collaborative effort. Let's yes, get it. Sir. <laughs> yes, we'll sir. all start a band, and then we'll uh, <laughs> let's go. I'm here for it, bro. Yeah, let's do it, dude. <laughs> we cooking. We cooking. We cooking. Well, Skyler, uh, I love talking to you, bro. This has been our second been conversation. Awesome. And it's I, great to finally meet you. It's yes, great to meet you, Trav. I'm very happy. <laughs> and we always say, you know, once you come on DB for once, you are a forever repeat guest. And I would definitely love to uh, love for all back. For the three yeah. of us to have, you know, like a yes, a soundtrack yeah. and score and anime conversation for sure. Because we we didn't get to dive deep 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 into the Falconer Square because I know we would have been stuck there probably the whole episode. So. Yeah, <laughs> and, we'll br- and we'll and we'll bring you on for one of our uh, GT rewatches. Oh, one thousand percent. <laughs> oh, I'm in for that, dude. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of these days I am going to redo your intro same song but like just clean it up with modern mix I think it'd be a really we'll, good uh, we'll take it <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just I just gotta I just gotta sit down and do it <laughs> but uh, I would it, love right? to I would love to hear like a brand new version of like what I did back then I think it'd be really Look, cool that would that would be fire but before we close this that. bad boy out I let the people know where they can find you how they can support and all that good stuff so you could find well, me on Twitter uh, if you want to follow my personal account, uh, Skyler Giordano, you know, that's just my name. Um, so I couldn't think of something fun. Um, <laughs> but my show is on almost, it's either, it's one of two things, Omega Star underscore pod or Team Omega Star. So one of those two, because I, you know, at this point, it's not just me anymore. It's like me and four other people that put Love the show that. together. So you find Love me anywhere it. there. You can check out my bands. I've been in, uh, but. That's a lot. Persona Grey, uh, Bottom Shelf, two bands I was in. Um, that's a lot, man. Let's just let's just st- let's just stick it to Omega Star Seven. We'll, we'll stick Look up Omega Star Seven. We'll you'll find you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> I'll be I'll be around. <laughs> there we go. And my good brother Trav, you know I always love to give you the last words of wisdom if you have any for the people. You know, tonight was just, uh, I don't, you know what? Everybody just have a safe and merry happy holidays. We're going to keep it simple, right? I love We're going to keep it simple, you I know, like. <laughs> no, that's happy Life good. Day. There we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's apropos. You know, we call the people the lifers. And we, we call you guys listen, the lifers listen. because you quite literally put the L into DB4L. And we cannot grow this spirit bomb without you. So lend us your power by way of likes, subscribes, listens, five-star reviews. Follow us on all the social medias and all that jazz. And the easiest way to do so is by clicking the all-powerful link tree of might in the episode description below. And we will put everywhere that you can find the amazing Skyler in this episode description as well. And like we always say here on DB4L, whether you watch it or you read it, we all need it. So open up your nerd eye and we will see you next time on Dragon Ball Faux Life. Dodon Ray. Shout out to super producer Mikey and Paul. And shout out to Yali. All caps. Ente. Ente. <laughs> Later, nerds. Bow. Mm. Mortals, listen up. It's your god of destruction, Beerus, here. Subscribe and follow the Dragon Ball for Life podcast, or else you shall be erased from existence. Archive.